Fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing? Uh, not bad. Um, just got done watching this week's movie, and I always enjoy it. You do? Yes. This is this is gonna be a fun one. Oh God! That's <laughs> all I'm <gonna> say. <laughs> okay. Well, this week we're covering Phantasm from 1979, uh, written and directed and edited by the amazing Don Coscarelli who did the entire Phantasm series except he did not direct Phantasm 5 someone else did I'm sorry I forget what the name is but today we're talking about number one so Brett yeah me and you have talked about Phantasm on multiple occasions right I was under the impression I had seen Phantasm and that I enjoyed Phantasm right what I really should have been saying this whole time is I have seen Phantasm 2 and enjoy Phantasm 2. I've never seen this movie. Phantasm 2 is a very different movie. It's a more mainstream version of Phantasm. I I thought my whole life I have seen Phantasm until I sat down to watch it for the podcast. And I was so confused. I checked to see if I was watching the wrong movie at like (laughs) 10 minutes in. Well, that's the thing. That's something I love about the Phantasm series, is it really doesn't matter which one you're watching. They all call back to each other, where sometimes they go in the future, sometimes they go way in the past. Like, a lot of Phantasm 4 is all about Phantasm 1, and it's time travel and universes, and it's it's just out there. I love it. Oh, this is definitely, like, a fever dream of every idea for a horror movie. But, like, you know what? Let's just make it one horror movie. Yeah, if if it's you, and you said this was the first time you've seen this one. Apparently. I, would, okay, I never so I com- that, but yes. I 100% get where you're coming from, where you're, like, completely confused, and you're like, I don't like this movie, really. Give it a couple days, or like, you know, give it a little bit. It's been about a week since I've watched it now. I was like, give it a bit. Are you still thinking about it? I mean, other than just for the podcast? Yes, I am. Exactly. So you're going to want to revisit that. And then you're going to want to watch the entire series. And then before you know it, you're going to be looking at like a box set that's like $100 that comes with a sphere going, I could probably use that even though I own... Uh, all the Phantasm movies on two other formats, I need that one too. Dude, if that Friday the 13th box set didn't get me to buy it, I don't think I'm in any danger of getting the Phantasm box set. Oh, I'm completely over. Like, I remember at the beginning of the show, I was kind of on a high horse where I was like, meh, I'm not going to buy box sets. I already have them on other formats, or I'll just buy them on DVD. And then I bought the Fly box set, and I spent over $100 on that Friday the 13th box set. I was like, yeah, I'm going to shut up. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I love them, but I can't. I can't get into all of them. It's yeah. too many. It's hard enough me trying to track down at least having one physical format of a bunch of these, you know? Yeah. So this is episode 36. We said Phantasm Rated R from 1979. You already did the credits. And I think that's pretty much it. You know what this movie holds the distinct honor of, Brett? What's that? 
having our fastest kill into the kill count at, oh. into a movie. Okay, I wanted to ask you about the kill count. Because even though at the very... Uh, we're jumping... Spoilers, of course, for this movie made from 1979. I know where you're going with this question. About the dream thing. Yes. It, it, everything actually did happen. It's just a multi-universal movie. Yeah, but we gotta go with this universe since we're talking about this movie. Right, but everything that happened in this movie actually did happen. It's just the tall man fucking around, basically. I don't know. And that's what I, I that's what I go with. Look, I have alternate kill counts here, so okay. I, at the oh. end of it, I'm gonna make the call on which one we go with based okay. on what we feel. So it may be something, it may be nothing. Spoilers. Okay, I'm into that. That's fun. All right, so we get this instant red title card. I mean, instant. That's the very first thing you see in the movie. We're and always then... a huge fan of those. Yes, you know, the, especially the red with the music or anything like that. I'm, I'm a sucker for it. And so I like you. the score when it comes up, too, because that always matters a lot, too, whenever the title comes, title card comes up or whatever. And it's basically, if I remember, it's just like, dun dun. And it's just yeah, like for and, that. Yeah. But I should, I'm glad you brought up the score because I really enjoy the score in this movie. And examples here, It Follows, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. I love movies that have a really good score and it really adds to a movie that could be a little more bland otherwise. I'm not saying any of those or this even, right. but the score is fantastic in this movie. Oh, like I even, um, if let, let's say like take Friday the 13th, the very first one, take yeah. the score out of that movie it's going to be so dull. You're going to be bored immediately. Like, it, the score can really add a lot to a movie. Yeah, 100%. But we get our big instant red title car, card, and we cut right to Cemetery Sex, which cuts right to uh, Stab and Kill, and the woman transforms the victim who she kills. She slash he kills, because it's a tall man, we all know. Looks just like Lemmy, if you ask me. I was going to say, it looks like uh, if you ordered Lemmy off of Wish.com. Okay, I'm glad that wasn't just me then. No, where it's like, let's say like you're going to the store and you're like, oh, I would love to buy the name brand thing, but if I buy the generic one, it's a couple dollars cheaper. It's not quite as good, but it's almost the same. It's that version of Lemmy. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, so, but like I said, this was the fastest kill we got into a movie. Oh, yeah, because it's like a couple minutes in, I would say, you know. No, not even a couple minutes. It's legit seconds in, I think. Oh, really? Not, not like less than 10, but I don't even think it's a full minute into the movie. Well, Because if I remember right, he just kind of, he kind of goes like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. And then it's like stab. Yeah, it's this blonde girl who every time the tall man turns into a girl, do you notice it's the same girl every time? Yeah, and she popped back up in, I believe, Phantasm Five. Like that actress comes back. And two. And two, uh, yes. Yeah, same one. That's why I recognized her, because to me, Phantasm 2 was Phantasm the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the la uh, Lady in Lavender is what uh, she's billed as. Ah, okay. So that's it. And then we cut to this funeral. Look, I gotta say this. This is one of the things I hate the most about this. <laughs> what is going on with the timing in this movie? Oh, no, you have no idea where you are. You're jumping all over the place. You're jumping from character to character. 
just it's you have to just roll with it but dude the timing in this movie is fucking insane because i can't keep track of when is what and what came first and what's next and where we are i i was losing my fucking mind brett oh yeah this is another reason where like especially this time watching it because as we've both have brought up in the past uh watching the movie for the podcast makes you see it in a different light and makes you see things you didn't see before what do you mean for this case for this case, I swear to God, Don Coscarelli must be a big fan of Dune. Because Dune, I've only ever seen the movie uh, that I... Uh, David Lynch? Yeah, David Lynch did it in the 80s. With Sting? Yes, yes, that one. And the Baron Harkonnen, which is my favorite character, just because he's covered in boils. And he's just a giant fat man that laughs and, like, levitates. I'm like, I love him. <laughs> Like, I want to be him. Like, I don't want to walk around. Give me the levitation suit. Why do you think Cascarelli is a Dune fan? Because um, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm just barely touching my toe into the Dune world because it's huge. Like, and I know there's some diehard Dune fans out there. I'm not saying anything at all that I know anything about Dune. This is me saying I've watched the movie and I've listened to a podcast that's about Dune. And that's what's gotten me into it. But Dune is all over the place where it's like jumps back and forth like it's a, a scene will happen here and then they jump a thousand years in the past and that means something and it's all over the place. And there's also some like 100% like stick your hand in the box, feel the pain, do not fe uh, fear pain. Uh, if you fear pain, you're like weak and stuff like that. That's 100% like right out of Dune. Dude, I mean, I have nothing to base this on except for your opinion, so yes, I'll give it to you. <laughs> but the hand in the box, we'll get there. Jesus. Right. Oh, that's 100%. The, 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 the time I had with this movie already, Brett. Yeah, well, that's the thing with this movie is, like, if you're, like, this is a movie I like to put on in the background while I'm doing other things. Because if you pay attention to it, you almost come out of, with, out of it with, like, a little bit of a headache. Yeah, you know what's, like, we've had too many movies I've loved lately. It is about time. <laughs> like, I'm surprised Phantasm was that, though. Like, I was thinking, like, especially what we have next week, I was like, oh, we're going too mainstream. We have to do something, like, way out there here pretty soon. And I'm guessing Phantasm is out there. <laughs> Phantasm's out there, and the one after next week, two weeks from now, is out there, too. I think we, oh, got, I, I think we got it. I only have that original paper list that we made. So your list ends after next week. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at the notes and see what's after next week and finally go over to my mom's house and be like, can I print out the podcast list, mom? <laughs> well, anyway, so we cut to the graveyard, which is the funeral for, I believe his name was Tommy, but the Lemmy lookalike we talked about. Yeah. And this boy who's Michael is on a dirt bike because he's not allowed at the funeral because he was too weird after the last funeral. Yeah, they're saying, yeah, Reggie's like he had nightmares for years. I also love how um, it's a uh, Reggie, Jody and Mike are like our main people. I love like when Mike and Jody are talking at the wedding, they're like, oh, well, here we are uh, at the funeral. I mean, um, here we are at this funeral. I can't believe he committed suicide. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the exposition. Oh, yeah. Just immediately like this is where we are now. Okay, and start the scene. 
<laughs> Brett, are you familiar with Paul Heyman, the wrestling personality? No. Well, anyway, he was the founder of ECW, and he's gone on to have oh, quite okay. a career for himself. I love I when I watched wrestling, I loved ECW. Like that's what I would watch most of the time was like those old school tapes. So now look, Paul Heyman is a god to wrestling fans, mainly for ECW, but has always looked like the weirdest human because he is bald, except he had a ponytail for the longest time. Oh, I know who you mean. Then I know who you're talking about. Okay, that's exactly what Reggie's reminding me of this it, entire time. It's called a skullet. It's when you're balding on top, but you still have a ponytail in the back. Dude, if I ever get the skullet, take me out back and put me down. Oh no, I believe that's like peak human, where you're just like, I <laughs> that's give That's the ideal human like, body? Oh, it, no, that's where you're like, I give zero fucks about anything. I'm doing me. I know I'm balding, but I still want a fucking ponytail. I'm doing it. You go fuck yourself. Like, I'm into Reggie. <laughs> I strive I to be Reggie. Reggie. The only thing I think me and you, because sometimes we'll talk about the movies before the podcast, like texting and stuff. Yeah. I think the only thing we mentioned on Phantasm was me telling you that I've apparently never seen it, and that I couldn't stand Reggie. Yeah, and I was like, you don't like Reggie? I love Reggie. Reggie's amazing. <laughs> I did not. Um. He gets yeah, better so, in the later movies. So at this part, because it'll later jump back and give us more explanation, Michael, the young boy who I originally thought was a young girl, no offense, Michael. <laughs> well, he has he has very long, luscious hair. Yeah, and when you're that age, like, you can't really tell as well. Right. See Sleepaway Camp, how do you think that a young boy was able to be disguised as a girl and kill a bunch of people? Exactly. But the dirt bike stalls and everything, and there's these shadowy Jawa figures darting <laughs> around the graveyard. I'm glad you picked up on that. Oh, you, did you think the exact... They're literally fucking Jawas. Oh, That's what way- they are. I don't care what they say. This came out after Star Wars. They were clearly Jawas. Yeah, even if that's not what he intended on them to be, or, or whatever, it, they look way too much like Jawas to call them anything else. Dude, and they don't talk, right? Like, they have these little, like, weird grunting voices and everything. It's it's way too similar to not at least say, yeah, we took a little inspiration from Jawas. Yeah, did they sound like Jawas as well? <laughs> yeah, it's way too much. You could get away with the looks or the sound, but once you put both of them, come on. Well, at least later on in the series as well, you actually get to see their faces because their budget went up. Oh, we see one of their faces in this one. Yeah, you get to see one, but it's Wish.com Lemmy, and it's, like, smeared with, like, mustard. <laughs> the mustard. Man, you're, you're putting me on everything. Okay. <laughs> Where are we? All right, we're at the um, funeral. Okay, still at the very beginning. Scare. Uh, Jody, who is a boy's name, you wouldn't think with the name Jody, is inside the mausoleum, and we get our jump scare, which is the tall man. The funeral is about to begin, sir. It's, oh, okay. And it's like the tall man uh, played by Angus Scrim, who went throughout the entire Phantasm series and did a, like a ton of shit for Fangoria as well. I love that character so much and he plays it so well. Look, I love the tall man. Like, I like the other movies I've seen in this franchise. It's just this one to me. <laughs> so don't take anything I'm saying. Like, I do enjoy the Phantasm series. I just somehow forever missed out on the first movie. Right. Yeah, the Ptolemyan rules. And then we cut back, that's where we learn that the dirt bike kid Michael is in line at the funeral, and he's watching it through binoculars. Afterwards, he sees the tall man put the casket back in the hearse, just 
heaves it up himself with very little effort, like it weighs nothing. Which is a scene you want to get used to watching if you're going to watch like this entire series like in one setting. Because they use that scene of the tall man picking up the casket and putting it into the hearse constantly. They use it like at least two or three times in this movie alone. Yeah. I'd say more than three, to be honest. But Probably. <laughs> then cut to Michael, again the young boy, goes to see this psychic lady, and we find out it's not the first time. I forget her name, like madam something or lady something i don't know on uh letterbox it just says fortune teller's granddaughter and then oh, that's okay. the granddaughter not the fortune teller okay i wonder what her name is i have no but idea. anyway oh fortune he's teller. worried about jo- jody leaving and he talks to the daughter or granddaughter of the fortune teller because i guess the grandmother doesn't talk to him but so he like uses almost like a translator but she can speak english because the granddaughter goes she can understand you talk to her and it's almost like he's like oh yeah like i forgot like it's almost just a letting the audience know this is what's happening <laughs> which yeah. at least they let us some know something <laughs> yeah and this little the young girl not little girl she's like a teenager has like a tattoo on her face and everything oh yeah she's badass yeah she has face tattoos that like is just now starting to like come into like you see people with face tattoos around now it's not like an, a thing that's that weird but she's yeah. back in the fucking 70s with this shit she's like way old school <laughs> oh yeah um <laughs> this is where we're, what the fuck these scenes are time jumping like crazy is my next note that i have oh yeah because this is well this is where they do the put your hand in the box thing and, like, if you fear you are weak thing, that's 100% right out of Dune. It's just a setup for the end that Which barely is... pays off. Barely pays off. Yeah, but it still works out well. Like, it's not done in a way that it's, like, shoved in there. It makes sense with the movie. I don't know. I think it's pretty ham-fisted in there because you could still have Michael being brave and going into the thing without any of this. And the point Michael's being brave when he was cowardly before still comes across. Yeah, it still would come across, but I don't think as well. In my uh, opinion. That's where I'm at. Uh, fine. And the box. <laughs> okay. Then we cut back to Michael spying on the funeral again. And it shows him leaving, and the tall man telepathically wrecks his dirt bike. You know, like, creepy carry kid. It's exactly what happens. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the tall man gives us gives him, like, the stink eye, and he tips over. <laughs> yeah. And back to the psychic. Put your hand in the box. Okay, that's all that. Now we get... <laughs> oh my god, this is before I knew Reggie's name. <laughs> Listen to this, Brad. Okay. This is verbatim my notes. Jody and balding ice cream man playing guitar on porch. Yes! I love that scene so much. And it's random as fuck. That should be our episode description. Yes! Oh, I love that. (laughs) They're just sitting there at midnight. This is waiting here with you. This, this, so what? Jody, I'm assuming, is a career musician. Well, yeah, the setup is basically where um, Jody, Reggie, and uh, Wish.com Lemmy were, like, in a band, I think. Or at least they were buddies who jammed a lot. Yeah, and Jody made it his career. Or at least is attempting to. He's, like, on tour or something. Right. Okay. Which, uh, honestly, Reggie has a pretty awesome job. Don't you think being an ice cream man would be fun? 
Oh, I 100%. Like, at least doing it for, like, one summer. Yeah. So, this crazy jam session on the porch, which is random, but it's... I kind of... Look, I'm not completely hateful, Brett. This scene is dumb, but I like it. It's fun. It's character building. It has nothing to do with anything, but I do enjoy it. Exactly. It's character building. It it helps make you care that these characters are, like, might be in danger later. They're not just character A and character B who are going to later go against the big game boss, you know? It's like, it gives a little background. Yeah, I mean, as much as we adore the Friday the 13th franchise, do we ever really give a fuck about any of the victims, with very rare exceptions? You know what I mean? It's, here's some meat for the machete. That's what each person is. Well, that's why my favorite character in the Friday the 13th series is Jason. You don't care about who he's killing, really, except for, like, rare exceptions. And usually that's because it's a really cool kill. Like, there's nothing or to the character. You do, you do have your Tommy Jarvis and the psychic girl and a few that yeah. stand out. But in general, no. 90% of the characters are just ground meat for Jason to go through. Yeah, so that's why, like you said, these kind of scenes, like the random guitar playing on the porch, are important. I And that's why, like, every once in a while, like... Uh, I think, is it Brandon that was uh, complaining about the, like, setup, like, the build-up scenes that were in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? Like, he's like, oh, there's too much character development. Yeah, I was like, yeah which I, was like, I like. I think it was him, but I was like, I love that stuff. Yeah. Fuck you, uh, Brandon. We love Brandon. He is coming on the show one day. A few people have no idea who that is. Yeah, he was great on Geek Positive. Check that out. <laughs> yes, do check out my other show. <laughs> that sounds very strange to say, but yes. Um, <laughs> Later, we have Michael spying on Jody again. He's obsessed with his big brother to an almost unhealthy degree. Oh, to a really weird degree, especially later on. Yeah. But he's spying on Jody picking up a girl at the bar who we know who this girl is. They do Which, not. I love to think about, like, the tall man, like, he's, like, interdimensional and whatnot. So he, like, transforms into the lady in lavender. And he just goes over to the bar to have a few drinks to see, like, what's going on. Like, he must be sitting there, like, just waiting for a while to, like, meet someone and whatnot. It's not like he just grabs someone as, like, you and rips them to the graveyard. Is it all, like, ploy for the tall man to get people? Or does the tall man also, like, you know what? I want to get it on still. Like, the, right. the sex always still happens before the kill. So it's like, the tall man like, yeah, I need more dwarf Jawa creatures. But yeah. first... Well, I'm going to get it on. Yeah, like, it. I'm, like, a few thousand years old, maybe. I also might just be, like, 40. Who knows? So. <laughs> yeah, the, the character's name is literally the tall man. They don't give us much background. No. Yeah, especially not in this movie. Later movies, we get more background on the tall man. But this one, it's just a dude that runs a mortuary that seems to have, like, force powers that has Jawas. <laughs> yeah. So Michael follows them to the cemetery, which I guess is Tall Man slash Lady in Lavender's favorite hookup spot. Maybe because it needs to be there. I don't know, but like close to the funeral home mausoleum and all that stuff and the portal, which we later find. And cemetery sex is about to happen again. And Michael is stoked for boobs. Oh, Michael is more excited than Jody is. Like, the boobs <laughs> pop out. Michael's like, wow! Jody just, he's so disappointed by the boobs. He goes, he's like, wow. Hmm. <laughs> like, he, that's literally the performance. That's how he delivers the line. Like, huh. All right. Yeah. 
Oh, look at that. Yep, sure. Breasts. Yep. <laughs> there they are. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> um, and Michael is chased by another one of the what should I call them? I know they call them the dwarves. I've called them the Jawas, the hooded figures, but those things. Yeah, it's like the tall man's minions. I'm going to call yeah. them Jawas. Okay. I also love, by a Jawa. I love Michael picks up. He like, after like, yeah, he goes running by being chased by the Jawas. And but Michael, Michael and Lady and Lavender don't see the Jawa. They just see Michael. Imagine how weird this would be, Brett. Like, you're getting on, and your little brother, who you have no idea is anywhere within miles of you, comes screaming, running past you, doesn't stop for you or anything, just past you. And at this point, the tall man has let Jody get his panties in his mouth. Oh, that's a weird one you put it that way, but yes. Yes, but that's what happened. Like, the tall man's like, I'm into this. Like, maybe the tall man just would have had sex with Jody and would have been like, you know what? You're really good at that. You can live for now. Yeah, maybe. I doubt it, though, but you would have had a Jody Jawa. I like that fan fiction. I'm sure someone has written it. Oh, yeah. Rule 34 for Phantasm. I want to see, like, the tall man fucking something. Oh, I love like when uh, Jody catches up to Michael. He says it was probably just a gopher in heat. Yeah, what a weird thing to say. Yeah, it's just a gopher that's like really horny. This movie's horny. Like that's what that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, he does. They it was probably a gopher. It's probably a gopher in heat. He specifically adds that, and he sends Michael home. Um, and then Jody goes back for the girl. He's like, even though he's so unenthusiastic about it, apparently, even though he's still. I can't tell if he's into it or not because the boobs, huh? But taking panties off with teeth, so I don't know. Yeah, but he goes back for her and she's gone. Yeah, and he's like, he's kind of just like, oh shucks. <laughs> Which that's kind of an unexplained weird thing. Like, why does the tall man give up? Well, does he go back to the bar? Like, did he run home back to this mausoleum to like think about Jody and like stroke his picture and go like one day? We know we didn't go back to the bar because a later scene, Jody does ask, did she ever come back? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, so goes back for the girl and she's gone. And then Michael has a nightmare about the tall man. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and Michael was apparently like a mechanical wizard. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Where, what would you say Michael is? Like 13, 14 years old? Dude, 14 is way too old. No way, 14. I was going to say 11 to 13. Exactly. Yeah, I would say 13. I would agree with that. Where okay. he um jumps out of this Hemi-Cuda, which I don't know anything about cars, but I know a Hemi-Cuda is like a good car. Yes. The, this thing gets six miles to the gallon. You know, like it's a fucking like muscle car. They jump out of it and he just takes out a wrench and he's like, it's probably the converter. And just starts, like, fucking doing something with the wrench underneath. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking... There's no way. Well, no, this is Razor Rob when he was a kid. Maybe. I, I Rob's not that annoying. Come on. I, I love... I like to think that Rob... No, he's not that annoying, but I like to think that Rob's, like, the kind where, like, he was a baby, and he was reaching up for, like, a bolt. Like, he, he's like... Someone's like, I can't figure out this car, and he, like, reaches up and does something and fixes it, and they're like, he's a genius! If you guys don't know who we are referencing, please see last week's episode or our Dawn of the Dead episode. Yes. But yeah, so Michael's under this car, and 
someone starts like shaking the car and it's jacked up and the jack breaks, but he's fine. I thought it would kill him. Apparently all the tires are on and Jody finds him. And I love like at this point, Mike has a hammer in his hand and he's trapped under the car. Like he can barely move and he sees some like feet by the car and he hits it with the hammer with the most comical like bunk sound <laughs> yeah. effect. And it just cuts to Jody going, ow. Yeah, you know what? Oh, we're to assume it was the tall man, right? That shook the car. Either that or the jaw was. I would say it's the jaw was. Okay, but either or, what was the point here? I think that, they, well, late, this is the thing. Right now, we have no idea. If we're just basing it off this movie, who the fuck knows? And later on in the series, we find out that the tall man likes fucking around with this family. Yeah, but what was the point of this, like, weird half-attempt murder? Oh, I have no idea. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> but And I'm so, surprised. Yeah. Also knowing that this, or the original cut of this movie was three hours long. Oh and my god. And the original, now the, like, the cut that was released was an hour and a half. So there's an hour and a half of movie missing. And they use some of those scenes in later films, which that's a reason, like I said, I like Phantasm Four so much. Why did they? That makes sense because a lot of two they look a little different, but like you can tell, it's still kind of recent. That makes sense. Well, uh, Part Two has a different Mike. Mike got recast for two, but was there for the rest of them as well. Oh, okay. It was a studio thing where they wouldn't make the movie unless they recast them for some reason. I think it was a mistake, but. Maybe that's why this seems so weird to me, too. I don't know. Yeah, it's so a different like, Mike. Like Harris in the Hatchet series, where she's not there for the first one, but she, like, becomes a character afterwards. Right. Okay. So that whole thing. Then Mike has had enough and decides he's breaking into the funeral home. This young, somewhere between 11 and 13-year-old boy is breaking into a building. Yeah, and I love how he's, like, all covert and whatnot, and he just fucking kicks out a window. Like... For like 30 minutes, like 30 seconds, he's like kicking out glass and whatnot, and he jumps in the window, and then he's like looking back and forth and looking all around and whatnot. He didn't think to bring a flashlight, so he has a lighter. Well, he, Holy he, shit, this lighter looks like a firework with how big that flame is, too. It's like a torch. Like, the, yeah. the flame on the... And the size of the lighter itself, it's like an eight-ounce beer can. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, the lighter comes back into play because someone is there and he hides in a coffin and he props a coffin open with a lighter because some oh. coffins won't reopen. It's so dumb where, like, it's a bright blue lighter and it's right, it, like, smack dab in the middle of the coffin you're, ha like, hiding in with, like, this gap. I wonder where you are. <laughs> also, hey, these coffins weren't closed. Yeah, like, oh, look, there's a tiny little gap. Let's go to open this. Oh, no, there's my boss. I better go see him. Yeah. Uh, did you catch the blooper with the no, lighter? Uh, when Michael sits back up, you see that he doesn't pick the lighter up. The next scene is a continuation of that, but he has the lighter. Oh, I love little, little things thing. like that. Nothing big, but I did catch that. Yeah, little things like that are fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now he's made his way to the mausoleum and narrowly avoids the... What's it called, Brett? Um, the death orb. Oh, the sphere. The sphere. Thank yeah. you. 
It's insane to think how late in this movie the sphere shows up with how important it is to the entire series. Like, and the first and, time you see it, it's out of nowhere. It's just like, well, coming at him. <laughs> yeah, no explanation is ever given to the sphere for Phantasm 1. No. None at all. Um, but narrowly avoids it, and it gets the evil worker guy who was going to get him instead because he ducks out of the way. And the kill is awesome because it drills the hole into the guy's head and shoots blood out of the back of it like a blowhole. Yeah, and I love how throughout the entire series they let it like still happen where like they let the scene happen where it gets impaled in their head. There's a split second. Then they get drilled in the head. There's a split second. Then there's this huge stream of blood while they scream and writhe around. I also love how this guy pisses himself and Michael's like, ugh, and tries to get out of there. <laughs> I mean, fair reaction. And that guy had to pee for a while. He must be like an Amazon worker or something where he's sitting there going like, I don't yeah, have a bottle. Know, yeah, you're probably not wrong. Um, then Michael's chased by the tall man and narrowly avoids capture to the point that the tall man almost has him and he slams his fingers in the door. Look, Two things about this, the obvious one, which I'll get to in a second, but the other one, Michael still really doesn't understand what's going on here. Like, no. would you say that's safe to assume? Oh yeah, he doesn't know at all what's going on. So for all he knows, is he broke into this building, some weird security thing killed a guy, and right. then the owner of the building, rightfully so, chases the intruder, get, and Michael slams his hand in a door, and goes, I'm going to chop off your fingers. Yeah, where the door's already locked. Like, he could make a run for the window. But what I'm saying, like, at this point, he does not, he's not entirely aware of anything supernatural besides the sphere, but still does not know it's connected to this owner that he thinks oh. of the funeral home. So, right. if someone breaks into your house, you chase them down, they slam your hand in the door, and then chop off your fingers. What the fuck? Yeah, well, it's the same syndrome of as, like, last week when we did Shaun of the Dead. And we were like, imagine if Shaun had been, like, two seconds sooner and had killed Philip before he turned into a zombie. And then now, for the rest of the movie, you're like, Shaun killed his stepfather in, like, cold blood. It's that same kind of thing. <laughs> where if you don't know the rest of the movie and that happened, it would be fucked up. Yeah, I mean, look, and a split second later... We are correct that something's up because mustard blood. Yeah, this guy is a huge fan of mustard. Like, he, he loves mustard so much, he bleeds mustard. <laughs> He's a human hot dog. That's what he yeah. is. I forget, there's a um uh, TikToker and, like, Instagram person I follow where his big thing is, like, he'll, like, drink an entire, like, thing of mustard and then spit it all over the place. Why are you following this? Because how awesome is that? Like, he has hundreds of thousands of followers, and he has, like, this weird haircut, and he has, like, an America shirt, and he drinks mustard. What the fuck are we doing sitting here talking about horror movies, doing research for this show, when we could just be drinking mustard? Oh, you have no idea how sometimes, like, I'll be getting really in-depth in a movie, and I'll see, like, I think his name's Squirrel Bait or something like that. I forget exactly. I'll see that, I'll be like, what did I do with my life that I went wrong? We're like, this guy is like, he's found it out. He knows the key to like success. Mustard. I apparently so, but okay. The tall man bleeds mustard. And 
weirdly enough, Michael decides these fingers I just chopped off, I'm taking them. Well, I actually like that he did that because he has to prove that this has happened. Because even after he chops the fingers off, they're still like moving and whatnot. So like fair, I fair like point. that he took one just to be like, I need proof. Because the one of the very next scenes is Jody finding Mike like on the stairs with the shotgun, and he like un like racks the entire like thing of shells. I don't know exactly what they're called. I'm sorry, gun people. Oh, you're right, shells. You got it. Okay. Yay! Um, pew pew pew. Um. <laughs> oh, you we missed that he was chased away by Jawas. Oh yeah, yeah. He was chased away by Jawas in like the storeroom, which I guess is where they live because Mike. Uh, I'm sorry, Jody sees him later as well. Maybe it's just like a little, like a break room for the Jawas. Yeah, there's like a coffee pot and a mini fridge in the corner with like a microwave. They're yes. like, ooh, me. <laughs> but yeah, so the next morning, like after the whole shotgun thing you were talking about and everything, uh, Michael shows Jody the finger and he believes him out. And oh, yeah. you know what? I'm so <laughs> thankful for this. Like where I'll talk shit on this movie, I also will praise this movie where I said right. I like the little guitar scene. I like that he believes him. It's not, and again, my favorite horror movie of all time, Evil Dead 2, but where, um, what's his name? Not Ed, but the random hillbilly guy. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Where, yeah. Like, he still doesn't believe everything that's going on when he's seen all of it. Shit like that right. drives me insane. So, yeah, yeah, if you show me a mustard finger that turns into a bug, I'm going to believe you. I think it also helps that they're brothers as well. So it's like he shows them it, and I love his reaction. He's like, okay, I believe you. Fuck, now what are we going to do? <laughs> Yeah, it was still a finger when he showed it to him, and they open the box again, and the finger turns into the bug monster thing. Yeah, the ginormous fly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cartoonish, though. It looks like it has, like, regular eyes. Return fly! Return <laughs> fly! <laughs> and Jody kills it in the garbage disposal. And isn't isn't this like Reggie shows up is like what the fuck's going on? Yeah, well Reggie shows up. He's like, "Hey, uh Mike, it's a really hot day. Um will you help me out on my ice cream truck?" <laughs> yeah. And then like <laughs> randomly the fly comes out of the uh sink and attacks Reggie. And now Reggie's like, "I'm in too. What are we killing?" <laughs> oh yeah, Reggie goes instant badass. He's like, "I got a fucking ice cream truck. We can store bodies in there." <laughs> which they fucking do i feel yeah. like that's a health hazard and i love how he's like i hope he doesn't bleed all over the ice cream which means he's still planning on selling that ice cream and one why isn't your ice cream at least have lids over it or something dude well it's also you have to think this is back in the 70s we're lucky enough that the it's covered and it's not just random ice cream scoops that he's thrown into the back of a pickup truck <laughs> he's like he's like pick the grass and the beer uh tabs out of it uh yeah here's your ice cream and he just hands it to a kid like in a napkin it's not even in a cone it's just a ball of ice cream and a napkin <laughs> oh sorry i have a cold here you go <laughs> well, anyway jody's going to the funeral home at night this time um is this where he locks mike on the house or not yet no, oh, yeah. not yet. Oh, fuck. I don't remember. This movie's so all over the place. I'm glad you took the reins or, and are in charge of what we do in order, because I have no idea. No, he doesn't. Um, He's not locked in yet. 
Um, and he's attacked by three of the druid, dwarf, Jawa creatures, whatever you want to call them. And he shoots it three times and escapes. And a car tries to run him over, but there's no driver. All right, this is when there's the um, great Hemikuda hearse chase. Yes, um, the hearse tries to run him over. And Mike shows up driving the car, which I shouldn't be surprised about, even though he's a child because he's so obsessed with cars. I can't even count that as a sin against this. Are we sure this isn't when Mike gets locked in the room? No, that's later. I see where that's at. Okay, cool. Because he shows up with a car, and the car chase goes on. Right. Finally ends, lots of shotgun shots later, and they find the dwarf was a driver. I um, read Don Coscarelli's autobiography, and he talked about filming that scene where Jody is hanging out the sunroof of the car, firing the gun out of the back of it. That was Don Coscarelli behind the camera filming that, and he had, like, a shield, because even though they were using blanks, there's still, like, shit that flies out of them. Yeah. But he wanted to get the scene just right, So, and he was like, I'm not going to put anyone else in danger. I'm going to uh, do this myself, because I want this shot. So that's Don Coscarelli behind the camera, behind a shield, getting shot at. <laughs> that's cool. Like, I respect that. For real, that's awesome. Let me real quick plug the book. I forget what. It's called True Indie by Don Coscarelli. If you're a Phantasm fan, definitely check it out. Oh, cool. Anyway, next, they find the whole car chase is over. So they go up to, like, let's see who's behind this mask, Scooby-Doo, you know. I love that they turn around to go see who it was. Yes. They don't just flee. They're not just like, let's get the fuck out of here. They're like, let's go investigate, kids. Well, you know what? I kind of get it, because they're already in this. You know what I mean? They're, oh, yeah. They're in on this, so it makes sense. And it's Tommy, the first kill of the movie. Um, the knockoff Lemmy, what, however you want to remember him, but that's who it is. Tom Lemmy. <laughs> yes, but he's very tiny now, like they shrunk him. Yeah, and they at this point, you have no idea why. Like, how the fuck is this Tommy? What's going on? Like They explain the height later. They never explain the voice. No, they don't explain the voice. I wonder if that's just a part of being crushed. Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. After they put them in the Jeffrey Dahmer barrels. If anything, if your vocal cords shrunk, you'd have a deeper voice. He's like, hello, sweet Mike. (laughs) Anyway, um, Reggie shows up and they put, like we said, the body in the back of the truck. Yeah, they put the dead body that's oozing uh, mustard into the back of the ice cream truck. And Reggie exclaims, I hope it doesn't ruin my ice cream. (laughs) I also have to Uh, uh, point out, I love what Reggie wears throughout this entire movie. What, the white ice cream suit? Yeah, the white ice cream suit with the vest, like the black vest and the black, like, weird, like, kind of Texas bow tie type thing. Uh, Bolo tie? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of like a bolo tie, but it's not quite... I don't know what to call it. Ah, uh, I see. I know what you mean. I don't know how to call it either, so right. I went bolo tie. Look, they keep trying to get rid of Mike throughout this in different ways. This time, they drop him off with babysitters at an antique store, and Mike finds a black and white photo of the tall man. So, like, leading, is the tall man immortal? Is the tall man just really old? We don't know. And the, the photo of the tall man moves. Yes. And he sees Mike. Oh, was that on purpose, or was that, like, in Mike's head? I couldn't tell. 
No, that's 100% on purpose, where the tall man moves, sees Mike, knows where Mike now is. And that's why the VW bug or whatever gets run off the road later. Okay, and then Mike goes, I want to go, I want to go. And the babysitters are taking him home, and they see Reggie's truck on the side, on its side, on the road. He's like, I want to save some ice cream. (laughs) Um... So they get out and investigate. Mike gets out. Why are these babysitters letting the young child get out and investigate the possibly deadly situation? Yeah, they don't even go with him. They let Mike go on his own up to the car crash. Where his friend could possibly be dead. His parents have already died. How much more traumatized does this kid need to be? Yeah, some other relative, unknown, but Tommy just died. Like, come on, help him get out. You're the responsible adults. He's like, everything I touch dies. <laughs> but um, the dwarves get in the car with the babysitters, and they throw Mike through the back windshield and drive away with the girls. Oh, yeah, they take off with the chicks. As far as we know, they're on their way to Vegas. Yeah, look, them kidnapping the girls. One of my most annoying things with this movie. Hmm. Because resolved off-screen... Everything's fine. Why do you even fucking put it in? Uh, I don't know because phantasm. That's why. Like, but like, there was never there was never any stakes put around it. It's never like we got to save them. You know what I mean? Right. Nothing like that. It's oh, I ran into the girls. They're fine. They left. Well, it why was, the fuck it, did we include it? It's kind of stakes because that's also like kind of like a small part of why Mike and Jody want to go back to the mausoleum or whatever is to save the girls. And then later on, when Reggie shows up out of nowhere once again, he's like, uh, they mention they they're the ones that ask, hey, how about the girls? And Reggie's the one that says, like, oh, you know, I saved them. I got them out the back. So I kind of get what you mean. Like, why even include it if they don't really do much with it? But I don't know. They kind of resolve it in a way. But, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, So Jody's going to the funeral home. He's we're going to end this. And he locks Mike in his room so he can't follow. He, like, shoves the screwdriver through and everything. Dude, the way Mike MacGyvers his way out of this room is impressive. Oh, I, I'm glad you mentioned, like, that he MacGyvered it. Because that's 100% what, a, what it is. He's like, I have a hammer, I have scotch tape, and I have a bullet shell. Because I'm a 13-year-old who has a bullet shell. Shotgun shell, yes. Shotgun shell. I, mean, I won't mention his name, because I don't know if he's allowed to tell me these things, but I have a friend who is on the bomb squad and told me that this is actually like a real thing that they have to look out for, because people set nails on the end of shells and stuff and put like boards over it so people step on it like as booby traps pretty much, and then it ignites and the shells will fire up. It's like, this is, I guess, a real thing that would work. Well, I could imagine if you hit that, like, there's that, like, little button at the very, like, end of a shell. If you hit that, I, it doesn't matter with what, I guess, so. Yeah, so that's that's a real thing, but it was impressive. I would never think to do that with the hammer and the nail and the tape and all that. Don Coscarelli sells a hammer with a bullet shell or a shotgun shell taped to the end of it and a glass case on his website. Oh, no shit, that's awesome. Yeah. Mike gets the pistol and goes to leave because he can't be more than 20 feet away from Jody at a time, or apparently he dies, and the tall man is at his door. I love to think of um, Mike is to Jody like my mom's beagle Chet is to my mother, where if he if my mom is like 
more than 10 to 15 feet away from him. He sits there and cries. He's like, that like, that's what he sounds like. (laughs) I laugh. I mean, my dog Ophelia is the same way with me. Like Anna says, I hate when I'm home and you're not here because she sits in the window and barks the entire day. It's not even, yeah, it's like they cry. It's not even like, oh, or like you understand barking. He cries. He's like, oh, (laughs) mom, mom, I'm dying. So that's Mike with Jody? Yeah, that's Mike with Jody. Like, Jody, Jody, ah, ah, ah. Like, I can no see wonder it. why the tall man can always find where Mike is. He's screaming. I wonder why Jody like decided to be a professional musician. Anything to get him on the road. If that didn't work, he'd be a truck driver, if not a pilot. Anything to get the fuck away. I need to get the fuck away from this kid. Is hey, J- uh, Jody, are you getting laid? Can I watch from a distance? Do you mind if I just sit over here and scream? You do a funeral. Mike, I mean, Jody, you going to a funeral? I'm going to watch from the distance. Don't worry. I'll be there in spirit. I got my dirt bike. <laughs> okay, so uh, he's in the hearse with the tall man, and the tall man's driving away with him. And look, I don't know if this is smart or stupid, because there's two things Michael could have did. What he does is he shoots out the window in the hearse, and then right. shoots the tire. And then what he does is cool. He jumps out, and the hearse wrecks and explodes right. but why didn't he just shoot the tall man in the back of the head oh there well also you have to think jody uh, i'm sorry mike is like like we said like 13 like he's not gonna want to kill somebody dude he chopped his fucking fingers off but the, the chopping fingers off is different than killing a person yeah, but if you're like that age and cool with chopping fingers off, after you've been kidnapped and you're already that much, I think you're fine with shooting him in the back of the fucking head. Very true. I agree with you. I also love how he shoots the tire out. He's like, I'm going to make the car I'm currently dr- like riding in crash. Sure. Like, maybe I'll be able to jump out this window fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it works out for him somehow. Yeah. Yeah. He gets out the window. He's like, Jody! Jody, where are you? And he just, just goes running off into the woods. <laughs> he can sniff like what direction he's in. He's like, he's that way. <laughs> Jody's at the mausoleum and then Michael gets there. So they're reunited and it feels so good. And <laughs> they find Tommy's casket and it's empty. Right. And then the, the sphere comes back and goes after Mike but Judy, Judy, Jody <laughs> shoots it and I guess kills the sphere. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the word that is, um, they do that throughout the series sometimes where like they're shooting with like a shotgun or whatnot and it will stop the sphere or at least like stun it. So, yeah. And Reggie finds them. He's not dead. And he says he freed the girls. They're fine. Yeah. At this point, they're like standing right in front of the mystery door that both Mike and Jody have both seen, like, seen and heard weird things going on around. Yeah, also, do you not think that Reggie is, like, possessed or not really Reggie or something at this moment? Not really, why? Conveniently shows up, we think he's dead. The last time we know, he got taken away by the dwarves. He's like, I'm okay, I freed the girls, they're fine, let's go. That sounds like a body double thing or something like that that would happen. 
Yes, it does, but I also look at other scenes in this movie, like the very first scene we see of Reg Reggie and Jody, where they're like, wow, we can't believe that Wish.com Lemmy, our friend and musician buddy, has died. Here we are at this funeral. Michael was not allowed here because he gets sad at funerals, you know, yeah. compared to the other emotions people feel at funerals. Remember when he had those nightmares? <laughs> and then we get to this, like, brightly lit room that's behind the door with these weird future-looking barrels where dwarves are... Are they kept in them, or are they made in them? What's the deal? They're made in them. They're, like, Jeffrey Dahmer barrels. Like, it's Jeffrey Dahmer's, like, collection. And there's dwarves in them where that's where they put the bodies in those barrels for some reason. And somehow it shrinks them to be yeah. ready for the next universe. Okay, sure. I, I mean, why not? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> well, what question do you have, Greg? I, ha I have every question I've ever had about the series answered. Well, what could you possibly be wondering about? Don Coscarelli is so amazing at answering questions and not just leaving things vague and whatnot just for you to figure out or eh, it doesn't matter what? is coscarelli sponsoring this episode or something and i was unaware no, of it not at all and as a side note drink don coscarelli soda hmm <laughs> that sure is good <laughs> don coscarelli soda look we talked about it so Mike, the whole, like, put your hand into the trap, do not fear, it was all set up for this, because Mike falls through the door into the other dimension slash world, yes. and I don't know how, but Jody is able to pull him back out. Well, he his reflexes are on point. Not only was he not in the same room, he was like, he was like a couple rooms away from where Mike was, and all of a sudden can catch him by the pants when Mike falls into other universe red world where Jawas are moving Jeffrey Dahmer barrels into the nether region. The only explanation I can give for this is that Jody like did that stretchy arm thing that Michael Jordan did in space jam. Oh, that's the only way I can picture this working. Okay. So he's like Mr. Fantastic or whatever, where he can. Yeah, stretch. exactly. So he has a stretchy dick. <laughs> that's why the tall man was after him and that's why the tall man didn't want to kill him he's like I <laughs> heard you've got an sense. amazing dick I want to try this shit <laughs> if he's stretchy we can make him a dwarf and he can still be a human he can just it's shrink like, down and grow again uh, late, uh, earlier on when we saw that giant um, like Jawa like under the robe that just stood up and he was like 8 feet tall that was him makes sense well, the lights go out and the dwarves attack Mike and the wind starts pulling barrels into the other world and it almost sucks Reggie in there. Well, Back outside, the wind's going crazy like there's a tornado and Reggie finds a girl passed out. Guess who the girl is? Well, this is a part where it calls back to earlier on on the front porch when they were singing, we're just sitting here at midnight and Reggie did the tuning fork and then touched it with both the fingers to make it stop. He touches the poles that lead to the next universe and make them stop vibrating, which I guess like cuts the tie between the universes. Okay, maybe. That's where I that after watching this movie for years and years, that's what I got. Yeah, it has to do something with that, I'm sure. So I mean, why the fuck not? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and so mysterious lady on the lawn turns around and stabs him and turns into the tall man. Yeah, it's the lady in lavender, which at this point Reggie hasn't seen, so he has no reason like not to run up to try to help the nice lady. Yeah, and I hate his death or his quote unquote death. It's not really a death where he gets stabbed in the stomach and it's just a close up on his face where he goes, oh, yeah, not very gore fiends aren't happy with this one. Yeah, the horror hounds are kind of sleeping. <laughs> and so back home, the tall man breaks the windows attacking Michael and chase him out of the house. Um, this is cool. I like this scene a lot. So, like I said, as much as I'll talk shit, I also want to talk about the good things. Because the two gravestones, like, pop up out of the earth and start quicksanding Mike in. Again, Tall Man's powers are kind of ambiguous. We don't really know. Well, and he can do whatever he As far wants. as I know. Yeah, like, he kind of... He's almost like Nightmare Freddy, except in real world. Yeah, well, whatever he wants, he can make happen. Yeah. So they start dragging Mike in, but Mike escapes. And the tall man tries the transformation trick on Mike, but it doesn't work. No, because he's like, well, because Mike is like, hey, I already saw you with my brother earlier. And I was like, wow. But also, you're just random lady in the woods with a knife. While I'm being chased by a killer, I'm not stopping. You're not going to be like, oh, wow. There's a lady that might want to give me a kiss on the cheek. You know, I mean, yeah, I, it's not like Looney Tunes, like where Elmer Fett's chasing Bugs Buddy. And then there's a cute lady with hair that kind of looks like rabbit ears that completely distract him. Like, oh, it's not like that. Well, yeah. And it's also like Mike's too young to care that you're a hot lady. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. He's excited about boobs and shit, but all kids are like, it's not. It's he's not going to go have sex with you in the woods. You know, like. Yes. I mean, it was worth a shot, I guess. You know, A for yeah. effort, tall man. Wait, and Mike just, he's just like, uh, yeah, Mike. He's like, wow! And he just goes running over. He's like, Jody, <laughs> do you see what I'm doing? Do you see what I'm doing, Jody? I'm having sex with the lady that you were trying to have sex with. <laughs> Jody just comes running past them, screaming. <laughs> just like Mike, Mike did earlier. Hair in his mouth. He's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, so... That doesn't work. We also, like, passed at this point, like, a sign, like, hey, this is a mine shaft area. Look, I used to live, like, across from, like, a strip mine and stuff. I used to ride my dirt bikes down there and stuff. Wow, was I like Mike? Maybe. Um, <laughs> but, um... There's a they, song like You know that, what they didn't like, do? Mike, Mike. <laughs> oh, I didn't even mean that, Mike. But we have brought up Michael Jordan already, too. See, it all comes oh, yeah. around. Um, but you know what they don't do at these things, Brett? Hmm. They don't just cover up a mine shaft with a sheet no, and call oh, it a day and be like, no one will fall in there. No, Jody did that. Oh, did Jody? I missed that completely. Yeah, then. Where Jody, uh, earlier, Jody dropped Mike off at home because Jody told Mike to like load up on uh, bullets and shells and whatnot. And that's when uh, Mike got attacked at the house and the window got broke. Jody went to go sabotage the mine and like hide the sign out of like sight and to like camouflage the mine hole so they could get the tall man to like run into it okay good so it's good i missed that but that makes a lot of sense it's literally um, a looney tunes plan well it's a booby trap plan so it works like, out we're gonna paint a like fake tunnel on this rock and the tall man will run into it really hard <laughs> <laughs> and he does fall in and then mike rolls a bunch of rocks onto it and Yay, they win. 
Yeah, it's like an Indiana Jones rock. <laughs> yeah, do 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 do. Um, afterwards, we cut to home, and Mike's talking to Reggie, and it was all a dream. Jody right. died in a car wreck a long time ago. And then we cut to like it's Mike, uh, Mike looking at Jody's uh, gravestone, and then Mike and Reggie are like talking. They're like, "We can't believe he's gone," and then they're like trying to plan like. Well, let's get out of here. Let's go on a road trip to like perky up, kid. Like, let's go. I'm going to jam on this guitar with my skullet. <laughs> Dude, doesn't it seem like it's the middle of the night, though? It really does. I'm guessing he means let's pack for tomorrow morning. Okay, but the way they say it, like, we're going to go right now. Well, it also could be let's go right now and then let's like find a hotel room somewhere. Yeah, I just feel like it'd be easier in the morning. It's like, hi, I'm Reggie. Do you like my hair? Me and that young boy need a hotel room. Yeah, nothing weird here. Um, so Michael goes upstairs to pack for the spontaneous trip and closes the door and the tall man is on the other side of the door and goes, boy, and boy. Pulled, pulled through the mirror, the end. Which a lot of the Phantasm movies end like that, where it's just like tall man shows up, says boy, or like says something. Smash cut, nothing. We don't know what. Okay, and the movie's over. That's end of movie. I love this movie. I don't hate this movie. I don't. I don't particularly enjoy this movie. I do care for some more later, but I gotta be honest, Phantasm 1 is an example of a series I like a lot that the first movie just doesn't get me similar to Puppet Master. Right. Yeah, where my favorite Phantasm is actually probably like Phantasm 3. Yeah, it's... The first one, like, don't get me wrong, like, you have to have that first one. And honestly, Sacrilege, but Friday the 13th, I do love that first movie. It's not one yeah. where I don't like it as much, but you know what we want in Friday. We want Jason. So that first one is very different if you're trying to talk about the series as a whole. Yeah, the first Friday the 13th isn't my favorite of the series. Yeah, which I still do love that movie, and I appreciate it, but for different reasons. I get what you mean, where it's like the first Phantasm is just kind of setting everything up. It's not the best one, but it's also not the worst. And so that's that's the movie. Uh, any final thoughts on Phantasm, Brett? I really enjoy it. You have to be a, in a very specific mood for this kind of movie. Like, I know before, like, the last few episodes, we've been like, what kind of horror fan would enjoy this movie? Yeah, what would you recommend this to? Uh, you have to be a, a fan of weird shit. And things tying into other things, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And you just kind of have to be in a mood to just roll with the movie and not pay too much attention to one single part and try to analyze it because you'll lose what the movie is like kind of trying to be. This sounds like a really long way to say, look, the movie ain't great, but there's cool parts in it. <laughs> yeah, kind of where it's not amazing and it's not like. It's not a masterpiece, but it's still really worth checking out. Yeah, I don't regret watching it. It's not that bad. I If I had to recommend it to someone, I think I don't know if I could recommend Phantasm unless I was recommending the Phantasm series. Right, where you almost have to be then like, okay, I know you just, you're going to start with Phantasm 1. Get through it. But remember things that happen in it because Phantasm 5 is going to reference shit that was you thought was a throwaway line in Phantasm 1. Did you watch Black Mirror, the series? I only saw the first one with the piggy. Okay, well, that that's even more interesting. 
Because I was going to compare it to Black Mirror. Because that first episode is so fucking off the wall and does not exactly want you to watch. You don't want to watch the rest after you watch that first one. But it gets so good. And like the first one really does set the theme for it. But you don't realize it. And the other ones go way different and way better. But that first one still kind of sets the tone. Yeah, where that first Black Mirror was just so good. I've always kind of been afraid to watch more of it because I I'm afraid it won't be as good as making a like politician fuck a pig on live television. And then I love how they're trying to break it down where they're like try not to come too fast because it'll look like you're too eager <laughs> and shit like that. <laughs> they're like advising him how to fuck the pig. Like dude I'll tell you this, I promise you won't regret it if you watch more Black Mirror. I th- I think you'd really like it, because you're a Twilight Zone fan. I think you would really like it. I definitely need to check it out at some point. Yeah, so... You know what I've been into here recently is Letter Kenny. Oh, I still need to really get around to it. I caught, like, an episode once, and I enjoyed it. I just never got around to it. It reminds me of Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, that's why I wanted to watch it. So, you ready to get to all of our end-of-episode stuff, Brett? Yes. Alright, so... I was deliberating this throughout the episode, what I'd do for it. I've come to a decision. So the throbbing with horror kill count, what it does is we tally up all the kills we've seen in all of our movies, and we add the new movies total to it to see where we're at. So last week we did Shaun of the Dead, which brought us to 353 kills. Nice. Brett. Yeah. What do you think our kill count is at after this? I believe that you would have to count the kills in this movie. It's not a dream. The tall man shows back up the uh, throw uh, shows back up at the end and pulls Mike through a portal through his mirror. Everything was real. Is what I'm going with. Okay. I'm going to give you half of that. I'm going to give you that it is multidimensional. Okay. However, the fact that we see Reggie die, but Reggie be alive at the end was my deciding factor to go with the dream. Even though I know there's multiple dimensions, just like in real life, there's a there's infinite numbers of dimensions and you parallel universes where everything that could happen happens. But I gotta go. We went from 353 to 353. Oh, fuck you. I, we, see, we see no lasting kills. It's interdimensional. That I understand that. I, I got to give this the Slumber Party Massacre 2 and no. Krampus treatment. It gets no kills. That one I understand because it was her dreaming. Like This was him dreaming. Was... No, it wasn't. It was interdimensional. Fuck you, Greg. <laughs> I, do you want me to budge on this? No, it's fine. You, the kill count's your thing. I'm just... You've voiced your displeasure with my things before. I'm just voicing, like, fuck you. Like, th- this movie counts. It counts, but the kills do not. Fine. If that's, <laughs> if that's what you want to say, there's nothing I can do about that. Say. That's your segment. <laughs> it's just the truth. It's not what I want to say, Brett. Whatever, Greg. So, a, a grand total of zero lasting kills sure i'm <laughs> fine whatever i don't care you knew you knew you brought up the very beginning of the episode because you knew it was coming even though you didn't want it no because those kills count do you want me to add the four kills onto it it was more than four 
Was it four? Because I stopped keeping track once I realized about the dream. It definitely was more than four, I would say. I don't know how there. many. But there, okay. Can, I'm going to cheat real quick. Hang now, on. This is the angriest I've ever been on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I really don't think I should count any of them. I know what you mean, but the Phantasm counts. It's not like Slumber Party Massacre 2. It's in a different category. Okay, Phantasm 1, kill count. Okay, well, they say Jody died in car crash. We can't count that because that wasn't on screen. Oh, there there you go. There's one. But that wasn't on screen. <laughs> we see a gravestone. You know what? It's only three then. I can give you the three if you want. Tommy. I don't count Dwarf Tommy because that's like a zombie pretty much. Right. Right. But Tommy's regular death. The caretaker who was killed with the sphere. Yeah. And then, look, I i don't like it, but Reggie. No, see, I don't want to count Reggie. No. Go with your regular zero, because I don't want to count Reggie as dead, because he's not dead, because he's the main protagonist throughout the entire series. But do you see what I mean? It's I either have to count things that don't make sense or count none of them. All right, I understand. I don't appreciate this attitude. I, I spend all day counting kills to come up with a zero when I get yelled at for it. I, I'm just bitter about it. <laughs> right. All right, what do we have next? Every week, Greg does this kill count. I do my rating system. <laughs> um, So I don't want to rate things. I've also come to the thing. I'm not exactly sure if Cisco and Ebert do rate things with stars or do they just do thumbs up and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> because I was watching Joe Bob the other week, and I was like, Joe Bob does stars. Yeah, I lots of Joe people Bob. do stars. Yeah, uh, that's a normal thing. It's not like their thing, but they do it. But did they do thumbs up and thumbs down? Did they do stars? I don't exactly remember. They do thumbs up, but do they do stars as well? I don't remember. But still, fuck them. Um, But I like to do... uh. 1 through 10 of something from the movie, and that's how I rate it. 1 being shitty, 10 being great. What do I pick for this movie? Spheres. No, Spheres isn't good. I don't like that. Uh, what's something good from this movie that we could do? Mustard Fingers. Okay, I like Mustard Fingers. Mustard Fingers is good. So one Mustard Finger. This is like the shitty Dollar Tree mustard you get that's mostly water. Like... You try to put it on your hot dog, and it makes the bun soggy. It makes the hot dog worse somehow. Uh, Ten is like the gourmet shit that you get from like the Pittsburgh like special. Uh, there's like the special seasoning store that has like a fuck ton of like condiments and whatnot, and they have like every condiment you could want. It's from there, and it's like habanero flavored. <laughs> okay, I'm giving the seven mustard fingers out of ten. Okay, I don't want to give mine. What's yours? I don't want. I, we don't need to give mine. <laughs> what did I you feel say? bad. Because no, I, I don't want. Because well, you like this movie a lot. I don't want to make you feel bad. Have you seen this entire series? I've seen two. I've seen one that didn't have a number with it. Like where it was like he had a gun. <laughs> I don't remember the rest. Well, he also has a like an awesome gun in part two, so it might still be part two. No, it wasn't part two. It was the other one I saw. Maybe part three. Was there a kid with a frisbee with that had razor blades on it? No. Okay. This so one, this like this one didn't have three. a number. It wasn't like Phantasm two, three, or anything like that. It had like a weird title to it. Ravenger. Yes. Yeah, okay, so that's the latest one. So that's like 
that's my least favorite of the entire series, even though I still like it. So I have to give you kind of a pass because you don't, you haven't seen the entire story and see how everything kind of is all oh, it's, everything is one in this series. Okay. What do you say about Phantasm 1, Greg? It's not the worst movie I've ever given. It's not the second worst or the third worst. I don't know where it falls there, but it's not one of those. But I'm giving it a good bit underpassing, but not unwatchable. I gave it a three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah, I went three and a half on it. Jesus. I I didn't have a great time watching this movie. I love this movie. And you know what you know what the bad thing is? It's not like the writing or like the plot or anything like that. It's not like I'm like, well, this is stupid. It's not even like the weird like what the fuck they're throwing inner dimensions, anything like that in it. Most of my anger and frustration comes from the way this movie is shot, like where we have like ten different shots of the graveyard scene and one he's on the dirt bike, what he goes back and I couldn't follow it and that was my biggest pet peeve with it. You had yeah, you have to go into it with like it it's almost it almost is like a dream sequence just throughout the entire series where Yeah. That was my really, biggest thing. If I'm having a hard time following it, that takes my enjoyment out, and that was my biggest thing. Yeah, it's really cut up and random. Yeah, now I make fun of every movie, including movies I love. So most of the stuff I was joking about, like, why does he have mustard finger? None of that like ever affects my ratings, because I love that right. shit. Mine is mainly the following and the pacing of this movie just drove me insane. I'm disappointed in you, Greg. I figured. What what are we doing next next week, Greg? Oh, next week. It took us almost 40 episodes, Brett, but we finally made it to Elm Street. We've got to episode 37. Snooch to the motherfucking nooch! Snoogans. Yeah, we're doing uh, the original A Nightmare on Elm Street by Wes Craven. Real slight spoilers, my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, 100%. I completely agree. The only yeah, one I, I take seriously. Yes. I like this movie a lot. Um, I'm really excited to do it. I can't believe I was thinking about that one. Fuck, man. We almost hit... Well, we covered Jason like 10 times. I'm like, this is our first time hitting Freddy. Well, I remember being... We were talking the one day and we were like, what series haven't we hit yet? And we were like, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think a reason is because I'm always kind of been like kind of meh on the entire series. Yeah, but those are fun to do then, because then you get to be like me with Phantasm. Yeah, which, are you ready for fucking, I'm going to rip Nightmare apart then. I don't think you're going to rip Nightmare apart, because this is the good one. No, this is the good one. A new Nightmare is fucking terrible. Rob Uh, loves New Nightmare. Freddy's Dead is fucking, and it's abominable, it's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, two's not bad. I don't mind two. No, two's fun. The uh, the like two through five are fun. Freddy's Dead sucks. I and uh, Freddy's Dead might be five. I don't. I I'm not really that familiar with the series. Like I grew up as a Friday the Thirteenth fan. Yeah, and it was almost like a sports type rivalry where I was like, I hate Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, yeah, I get that. That happens a lot. And I try to break myself out of that shit. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll be a fun one. That's next week. That's all I have for our actual end of show shit. But, Brett, I saw two new horror movies this week, at least in our wheelhouse horror movies. Oh, what'd you see? I saw Army of the Dead on Netflix. Okay. Did you see it yet? No. Well, you don't want to see it? I mean, it's Zack Snyder, 
it's another CGI zombie movie. I watched Red Letter Media's review of it. I know as much as I need to know. Dude, I think you would enjoy it. I'm upset you watched the review first, because I wish you could have got some of those surprises. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, but I know about, like, the tiger and whatnot. And, Dude, the tiger and... was fucking cool! Yeah, I saw pictures of it. I was oh, anytime, oh, it's, it. anytime it's mostly CGI, I'm like, I could give a fuck. I don't think it was, though. Just the tiger. Like, I, I saw, like, the behind-the-scenes shit. It looked pretty practical. Well, doesn't it have, like, a king zombie and a queen zombie? I won't tell you, because I know eventually you're going to watch it. No, probably not. I'm going to I'm gonna swap out one of our upcoming Army of the Dead. And make Unless we it. do it as an episode, I'm probably not going to watch this movie. Well, speaking of movies you're probably not going to watch, the other one was also one of these. Okay. And I do not like saying you're right. All right. But I'm going to say you are right. About what? I saw Spiral. Oh, I did, yeah, it's fucking Saul. It's a Saul movie. It cannot be good. Fuck Saul. Like, the entire franchise is nothing but a money grab. And they don't even do it well. The first Saul was good. I could kind of give you the second Saul was entertaining a bit in what it was doing. After that, it's like, it's the same thing over and over again. It's these shitty actors. It's not actually fun. I've never. Well, you got to realize what you're saying can apply to all of these like franchises we love. It's shitty actors. It's the same thing every time. That's like yeah. all these movies we love. Yeah, I and that's me saying that as a Friday the Thirteenth fan. But Friday the Thirteenth is fun, and it makes me. It's a fun series to watch. So is depressing gore porn. Like I could give a shit. Like I got to say this. Where I said you were right, I disagree. I love the Saw franchise. Like, the uh. the core Saw movies. Jigsaw was, eh, this movie, dude, I wasn't feeling it. I saw what, the weird thing is, I saw it with our friend who hates m- the most movies out of all of us. Brandon, and he loved it. And oh, I right. saw well, it with him, and I'm like, dude, really? He goes, you didn't love it? I'm like, no. It makes sense that he would love it. He would be the one person in the world that's like, I love Spiral. <laughs> Now look, if you're listening, Brett hasn't seen either. He's talking shit Army of the Dead. I really enjoyed Army of the Dead. I thought that movie fucking rips. I'm with him, even though he still hasn't seen this one too. <laughs> I'm still sure so going to talk shit on it. <laughs> I, be- I look. If you liked it, all power to you. Because a lot of people hate these movies we talk about that we fucking love. So I'm not talking shit on you. But it was not for me, dude. I I couldn't get into it. It lost the stuff. You don't like any of them, so you won't get this. But like. What I liked about Saw, it lost it for me. So that was my thing. Yeah, because like, oh, and this is coming from someone who gave Veronica. I think I gave it like a seven or something. Yeah, I, I forget. still haven't forgotten this. And I also love Slumber Party Massacre too. But yeah, the entire like, and I love how they're, I even thought it was funny that they called it Spiral and not like Saw whatever. Because I was even like, huh, they're trying to distance themselves from it. They're trying to no, trick the people one, and go see this name movie. Too. They changed the name of the last one, too. Oh, they did? What was the last one called? Jigsaw. Oh, yeah. Well, well that's kind of like going from Friday the 13th to, like, Jason Goes to Hell. You still know what it's about. If you call it Spiral, it's like if you called a movie, like, Machete. Well, I, I mean, I guess they did call a movie Machete. Let's say if that movie didn't exist, you could go, like, well, that's about anything. Or if they called, uh, they called a movie Lake. Well, it was called Spiral from the Book of Saw. So that'd be like it was called Machete from the Book of Jason or from 
machete a friday the 13th film yeah but still i i kind of laughed i was like (laughs) they're trying to distance themselves and trick people into seeing this dude chris rock is a serious actor didn't hit it for me either he's still the 13th apostle from dogma he tried to play it serious oh 100 percent yeah that's what i like him as is he's he's the funny guy i mean that's what he's great at like exactly like he's amazing in dogma yeah but i mean just like how we had to talk about the crab walking ed gein documentary i had to bring both those up yeah one of them yeah you were right i i gotta tell you you do need to watch army of the dead i want to talk to you about it i i mean if we if you put it on the podcast schedule i have to watch it but dude, we are scheduled out for like three years and we oh, already have god. our on decks for the things that like if we can't get to one. Okay, good. Thank God. I don't have to watch <laughs> this for a while. For at least like two or three years. It it'll get me long enough to go like, what's this movie? Like, okay, and then I'm gonna watch it and be like, Oh yeah, this is that fucking Zack Snyder bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love Snyder like now. I used to hate him, but I've really come around on him. See, I liked his Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. But, eh. After I like his that. Justice League too. I mean, yeah, kinda. Well, that's all I got. What about you? You have anything? No, that's all I got. I was gonna say, follow us on Twitter at Throbbing Horror. Follow us on Instagram at Throbbing with Horror. We're also on TikTok at Throbbing with Horror. There's this new app called Slasher that I downloaded that we're also on now. I'm not really sure how to work it yet, or I'm not really on it much, but I'm kind of figuring out a little bit. It's also throbbing with horror on there. I saw that. I was thinking about making an account. Do you like it? I mean, it's okay. It takes like a couple seconds to load every time you open it. So it, you almost want to close it immediately again. But uh, okay, oh, it's, we'll it's all right. Well, I guess we'll see everyone next week for a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And we hope we've uh, left your brains throbbing with horror, boy.